Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! We are 24 hours away from another massive European football doubleheader. In about 24 hours and a bit, Celtic kicking off in Germany against Bayer Leverkusen and then it's Rangers against Sparta Prague at Ibrox at 8 o'clock. Barry Ferguson, are Rangers going to bounce back from what, what happened at Hamden on Sunday? Well, they need to, Rob. Obviously, with the, the result and the performance on Sunday, um, getting knocked out of the semi-final, I fully expect a, a reaction. Um from the Rangers team I thought they would have got one with the manager been in the stands watching them in the cup semi-final against Tibbs but clearly that didn't happen so I think the last couple of days Gio and his, his coaching staff will be trying to make sure that they, they get the correct result and that's beating Sparta Prague tomorrow night It's going to be tough for Rangers it's going to be tough for Celtic remember what Bayer Leverkusen did at Celtic Park um, a few weeks back in their group and it's going to be an interesting measure, Davy Proven, of how far Celtic have come since that game. Yeah, I think that's the, this is going to be the litmus test for Ange Postecoglou in terms of the progress he's made this season. Um, I don't think Bayer Leverkusen are in as good nick as they were first time around. Uh, I know they won at the weekend, but they have been struggling. Celtic, I, I think, have improved greatly, particularly from midfield forward. It's at the back that worries me. And Big Andrew's already said, we're going to go there and open up. So anything could happen. That's what he does. And uh, we will hear from Ange Postacoglu in the course of the show as well about exactly what he plans to do in that game in Germany tomorrow night. The Go Radio Football Show uh, with Barry Ferguson and Davy Proven, me, Rob McLean. And Barry, before we go any further, just that uh, worrying news last night about one of your old uh, teammates, uh, John Fleck at Sheffield United, discharged from hospital today after collapsing during their championship game at Reading uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, it was worrying. Um, I seen it when I got in last night from training um, and I texted him this morning to, to see if everything was was okay. And he said they had um, scans and, and whatever last night, tests, and they come back fine. Um, so he got discharged from hospital this morning. So glad to hear that because it's worrying when you see an ex-teammate uh, obviously collapse on the pitch. So hopefully in time they'll, they'll get to the bottom of it, Rob. But the main thing is um, Flecky's up and about and he's out of hospital. He's carved out a great uh, career for himself, hasn't he, David? Yeah. English football, uh, John Fleck. We just hope he's going to be all right. Well, I mean, I, I think his football career to a certain extent is secondary here in a situation like this. I mean, we all hope that he can resume his career. But first and foremost, it's just great that he, he you know, he was with the help of oxygen, he was back on his feet. 
Barry says his tests have been good, which is terrific. And the main thing is that he is OK. Um, hopefully he'll play again, but, you know, when you think back to the Fabrice Moamba situation, um, you know, he had to had to stop playing. Yeah. That is the worst-case scenario, but the worst-case scenario last night could have been a hell of a lot worse, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, our best wishes go to to John Fleck. Uh, let's hope uh, he is up and about, and they and they can discover what was what the problem was. Because uh, uh, the longer it continues, where you don't know specifically, Barry, what it is, then 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 you worry. You just want to know what it is, and then get it treated and sorted. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's at the back of his mind, and I'm sure over the coming days, Rob, um, they'll do more tests to try and get to the the bottom of it. But the most important thing for me is he's well and he's out of hospital and he's back in the house. So we're going to hear from Ange Postacoglu in the course of the show about uh, tomorrow's game, about the ticket allocation uh, for the League Cup final. Um, interesting answer uh, to that question. Uh, we're going to hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst as well. He was giving his media conference today looking forward to the game. And we're going to hear briefly as well right now from the Rangers goalkeeper, Alan McGregor. He's talking about what happened on Sunday, uh, that 3-1 win for Hibs in the League Cup semi-final. Uh, Rangers were dreadful, of course, followed by Conor Goldson uh, telling it like it was um, and insisting that uh, there was no ba- way back for Rangers uh, from half-time, even though they were only 3-1 behind. They were incredible comments, really. Um, Alan McGregor was asked for his reaction today, and I, you'll not be surprised, Barry, when you hear this. No, I never. As probably you well know, I don't read papers or listen to things, so I've not heard what he said. Um, so... I thought this was about Thursday, uh, this press conference, so um, that didn't happen. That's Nanny David tomorrow, I don't think. Ooh, ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised with, with Griggsy's um, comments there. Uh, listen, what what Conor Golson said, um, I, I couldn't believe what I was listening but when I was watching the game. Um, the thing that annoyed me more, Rob, if I'm being honest with you, was... The game was finished at half-time. You're 3-1 down. Now, I don't care if I'm 5-1 down or 10-1 down. I'm still going out with the mindset in the second half to try and get back into the game. Uh, and then when you obviously he's, he's saying about some of the players have lost their hunger, look the players in the eyes in between the four walls in the dressing room and ask them the question. Um, so that's my, my thinking on it. Um, but... <laughs> With Alan McGregor and Griggs, I know Griggs really well. Mm. But he's just—I um, can imagine—he said something. There's no doubt about it because he's like he's vocal in the yeah. dressing room. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, but I, jo- I just don't think he wants to say it out in the open. I mean, the one we hear constantly from people in football, and we never believe it, Davey, is we don't don't read papers, which nowadays translates to <laughs> we don't we don't look at websites. Yeah. You know, we don't look like look at the twenty four hour rolling uh, sports news on the TV that's blaring out of the screen in the corner. What I liked, what what the new one from him there, Alan McGregor, was I don't listen to things, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was great. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the Goldson comments were quite remarkable in themselves. Um, I mean, I, I was in the studio here on Sunday and, you know, when Scott Arfield scores, it's game on again. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think the game was over. Even 15 minutes into the second half, I didn't think the game was over because I thought if Rangers get a second goal here, and they very easily could have, Hibs would have panicked, I think. Now, Rangers didn't get the second goal, ran out easy winners, but it certainly wasn't over at half time. And for a Rangers player to come out and say that was astonishing. It seemed as if the difficult thing to do for Rangers was actually to get a goal before half-time. And, and I think all of us probably watching at that stage thought, this could be the trigger 
for a, for a second half comeback. Yeah, I thought that when Arfield um, scored that goal, you're going to get a lift from it. You've got 15 minutes inside that dressing room. I, I would imagine a few heads would have rolled. Um, and then you go into the second half and, and try and get back into the game. At 3-1, you're still in it. David just mentioned there. First five or ten minutes, make sure you're on the front foot and try and get a goal. And then if you get that goal, then Hibs would have panicked, I would have imagined. Um, but watching the second half, I'll be honest with you, no time did I feel that Rangers were going to score. Apart for the, the Connor Golson chance, mm-hmm. I think that was two or three minutes before the end of the game. Um, but when I heard that, uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. Why was it not James Tavernier uh, doing the after-match interview? Rather than Conor Goldson, if he's the good, good if question. he if he's the club captain, I've I've no idea, Rob. I don't know who is in charge of their, their media, their PR, or whether Tavernier maybe knocked it back. I, mm. I I really don't know. I heard Richard Goff speaking the other night, and he was going back to Walter Smith days and saying that um, Walter didn't tend to send him out when things had gone well. But if the, if there was a, a bad result, um, Walter would say, "Right, you're the captain. You're out there. You deal with it." I know how that feels. I get told, you get told to do it, and it was more often through a, a poor performance or a, a poor um, defeat and you get sent out as captain, as leader, you've got to face the, the media, you've got to face the questions that they're going to um, ask you. It's difficult, but it's part of being a captain, I'm afraid. I mean, the incredible one was 3-1 down and, and insisting that the game was over at that stage. I mean, that was just hard to credit mm. that a professional footballer would actually utter those words. But a, a lot of it was kind of unloading what he thought was the truth just honesty about the game from his from his point well, of view you know, but, but also David to me it sounded like he was talking about other people he, he wasn't talking about it wasn't us yeah. and we it yeah. was talking about some of the guys didn't do their jobs well, it's a shocking indictment on the mood in that dressing room if, if some of the players felt, felt it was over um, they, they shouldn't be there if, if, if 3-1 down at half time you've still got 45 minutes Manchester United uh, won a Champions League in two minutes yeah. and Conor Golson's putting up the white flag it's 3-1 down to 45 minutes to go at Hamden, which is almost a home game for Rangers. And and he's saying that the, the game was beyond them. It's remarkable. You still get 45 minutes to go in the game. Okay, you've been poor. Hibs have deserved to go in. But you've scored three or four minutes before half-time. Then you've got that 10, 15-minute period to go in and say a few harsh words to each other, a few heads, roll a few heads about, get into a few of them. And go out in the second half and show how much it means to you to be in a semi-final. Rangers, Glasgow Rangers should be in finals. You don't get the divine right just to turn up and get put in a final. You've got to earn the right to get in the final. And I felt Rangers didn't do that. Hibs wanted it more. Davey, I felt during the game Hibs wanted it more. They looked that way for for sure. I I think Giovanni van Bronckhorst has to shoulder some of the responsibility here. Now, I know he was up in the hospitality area. But, I mean, you can bet he has watched video after video after video of Rangers' recent performances. If I'm Van Bronckhorst up there, and I'd have been in the dressing room, if I had to do a Mourinho and go in a a hamper, I'd have got myself into the dressing room at half-time. But even allowing for the fact that he didn't, the substitutions were so bizarre. If I'm Van Bronckhorst, I'm on the mobile. I'm saying, Arebo. You know, I'd have been demanding to know when the substitute substitutions were going to be made and what was going to be made. Mm. I mean, the, to take off a Rebo, uh, who was Rangers' best player, and Rangers ended up with three sitting midfield players at a yeah. time they, they were needing a goal. 
And they brought off Kent as well. I mean, and Aribo yeah. and Kent were surely the best chances for Rangers to get the two goals they needed second half. Look, in terms of Kent, it was quiet, but he can still produce a bit of magic during the game, even if he's quiet. Because when he was getting the, the ball, Hibs were doubling up on him, and rightly so, because he's a dangerous player. But for me, that they, they're the, the two Rangers players that I would look at this Rangers team and think they've got a bit of magic it can produce a magic moment in a game. And Aribo, for me, has been Rangers' best player this season. And, and I look, thought he was Rangers' best player in, in Sunday. And you look at it from a Hibs point of view, David, they'd been rubbing their hands, Hibs, when, when they watched Aribo and Kent trooping off. Yeah, I mean, Jack Ross, I mean, Ryan Kent was was quiet throughout the game, but as Barry says, he's the guy who can do something. And so is Morelos. Morelos was hopeless on Sunday. But I can understand why you wouldn't take him off, because he's, he's liable to get your goal. Mm. And Aribo, Kent and Morelis represent Rangers' best chance of creating something that, you know, that's going to lead to a goal. And the substitutions were woeful. Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean, the Wednesday Go Radio football show with the Taxi Centre. And we've got Derek, a Rangers fan, with us as well. Hi, Derek. Hey, good evening, uh, Davy, Barry and Hi, Rob. Derek. How are you doing, Derek? Uh, uh, Barry, I wouldn't let Connor Golson ever wear a Rangers jersey again. He came out with a statement that he did on Sunday was disgraceful. People paid good money there on Sunday to go out and see that game. And for that attitude, same as Jim Tabby. Uh, when the played Celtic in the cup final, when he handed Morelos that ball, up to then he'd taken all the penalties. He would have never played for Rangers again if I was a manager. He bottled it that day, Tavernier. And, uh, and the two of them can't play in the big stage when the fans are right on top of him. Conor Golson's been a liability to Rangers. He had a good season last season. But the minute the fans are there, Conor Golson's a liability to Rangers. And he wants to look at himself before he's talking about other players. Because his performance in Sunday was a disgrace. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, certainly his comment. I've, I've said there, his, his comments um, shocked me after the game. Um, when I was I was listening to it. I don't care. I, I said it at the start of the show. I don't care if I'm 5-1 down, 10-1 down. I'm still, uh, I'm still believing that you can get back into it. It might be hard, it might be difficult, but you've got to go out and show that you've got that hunger and desire to try and get back into the game. And that that, that was the thing that disappointed me most, if I'm being honest with you, that the game was finished at half-time. You can't have that sort of mindset. You can't have that. Especially be, at a club like Rangers. There'll be a lot of anger among Rangers fans like Derek, um, who look at that yeah. interview from Conor Goldson and, and, well, in Derek's view, he shouldn't play for Rangers again. Well, it's up to them if they're chosen by the new manager to play they need to go out and put a performance on and show how much it means to them to play for Rangers David do you think Conor Goldson will play tomorrow night? Yeah yeah I do Is that because Rangers don't exactly have too much choice at centre back? Yeah probably um, he's still arguably their best centre back I know he's been poor this season he was outstanding last season without Conor Goldson last season I'm not convinced Rangers would have won the league by anywhere near 25 points um, still I, the best um, yeah, and I, you know, if you're Van Bronckhorst, I, I think this will be a clean slate. Uh, Goldson will have been told his remarks were ridiculous. Um, he won't be given the chance to repeat them, but he'll play tomorrow night. So, Derek, are you, would you be thinking Balogun and Bassi at centre back then tomorrow night? I don't he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not in the European squad, I don't think. I don't think he's in the Europa right. squad. But, but Europe's all the means, the money roll, but the Holy Grail is to win this league for the... For, this is probably the, the, the biggest, richest league Scotland's ever going to see. Yeah. 
and Rangers really need to win it. Uh, I would like to see Simpson being given a run out. And if uh, uh, David, if you think he's the best centre half, Rangers are in trouble because that man is a liability. Mm. He had a good season last season, but there's no fans. What the last two seasons before that and this season, the minute the fans is there, his positional sense is shocking. Mm-hmm. I was out watching the game on Sunday, and the minute they get that corner, I say to the guy I was with, "This is dangerous because his positional sense at corner kicks and, and how they're marking at corners is a disgrace." And, and no disrespect to Ross County, I know Rangers better them, but to lose two goals to Ross County again, his positional sense and the, the lead up to that goal was a disgrace. I don't think he's, he's no organisation skills. He should be shouting and, and organised along with Tavernier. They've not got a Barry Ferguson, a Kevin Thompson in the team. Somebody that'll shout if they're playing rubbish. They're, they're far too timid. And Fred and Morelos walked about that part on Sunday if he didn't care. I'm surprised he wasn't subbed. And the substitutions, I, I know the guy's not a, a manager, but the substitutions was astonishing. And Derek, what are you thinking about tomorrow night? How are you expecting a are you expecting a, a big response tomorrow night? I would rather want to send it off tomorrow's a, a, a bonus uh, Livingston away and then Hibs away on the Wednesday. They're two more important games and and uh, for Rangers than tomorrow night. I know tomorrow's all right for the money, but the Holy Grail's the league. Rangers will never win the Europa League. And they're, they're probably still make the Conference Cup if they don't win tomorrow night. What do you think about that, Barry? The, 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 the weekend's, the weekend's more important. Yeah, I, I can see the Even if you win tomorrow 2 nothing. even if you win 2 nothing, Rob, does it, is it, it does it come to you right into the, the knockout stages if you don't get a playoff to get into the knockout stages? No, no. No, I think I think if 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 Rangers were to win two 0 or more tomorrow night and Bromby don't win, which is likely against Leon, then that would be Rangers in the in the knockout stages. No, I, I thought they were a playoff or the not. The Rangers don't play a second place team from the champion and a fifth place team in the Champions League. No. No, I think I think I mean. They, I think Rangers. If Rangers win by at least two tomorrow and Bronby don't win, then Rangers are in the knockout phase of the competition for the third season running. I thought but that this year it had changed and I thought Rangers would have to play a playoff against the third place team in the Champions League to get into the last six of the, the Europa League. Well, they may well. I mean, in the knockout stages, they may come up against a team that's dropped down out of the Champions League, but but they will be in the the knockout round. They will qualify from the group by finishing by finishing second. And, and as you say, if they finish third, then they'll be in the the Europa Conference League. But but right, I, I, but, but your point at the your point at the moment, uh, Barry, is that Derek's point is is that. Actually, he's not really too bothered about European football at the moment. He wants to get back on track domestically and get this bonanza at the end of the Premiership season. Yep, because it's the most important league in a long, long time. I mean, £40 million, Rob. Uh, So, for me, I think the league is number one. Look, Europe's great for the financial situation. It maybe give, give the manager a bit of money to go and spend in January, but for me, the league's number one. That's your bread and butter. Derek, thanks for your call. All the best. That's Derek, um, who is uh, not happy with Conor Goldson, not happy with Rangers, and uh, hoping 
Um, that Rangers get it sorted at the weekend. He doesn't seem quite so bothered about tomorrow night, but you would imagine tomorrow night can be a major step in the right direction for Giovanni van Bronckhorst as he takes charge in the dugout, in the technical area for the first time. What about Sparta Prague? What about the opposition? Well, we'll get an insight into what they're all about after this. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. So feelings running high among uh, Rangers fans, not surprisingly after what happened at Hamden on Sunday. 3-0 down, 3-1 at half time, at which point uh, it seemed Conor Goldson uh, uh, had given it up. Uh, going by his after-match interview, he thought there was no way back at that stage. A really controversial interview, and you just wonder uh, what were the repercussions uh, inside that dressing room afterwards, despite Alan McGregor telling us at the top of the show that uh, he doesn't read the papers, he doesn't listen to anything. But there's no doubt that uh, all the Rangers players would have been well aware of what Conor Goldson said after that match. No League Cup final for Rangers. It's Celtic against Hibs. And lots to talk about in terms of ticket allocation arising out of that one. So tomorrow night is that double header in the Europa League. It's a big night for both Rangers and Celtic. Uh, Rangers home to Sparta Prague. Uh, Celtic in Germany to play Bayer Leverkusen, who won, of course, at Celtic Park earlier in the campaign by four goals to nil. This is Ange Postecoglou talking uh, about the squad. Anyone back for uh, tomorrow? On the weekend, everyone's good. Um, they got through it OK. Uh, well, she trained. Uh, he got a whack on his cheekbone. Um, and uh, But he's he's fine. Everyone else got through it OK. No one really coming back. Tommy's close, um, but we'll, we'll probably leave him for the weekend. Uh, Carl's probably a couple of days behind him. So, you know, both very close. But uh, again, we've got a lot of games coming up. So we're just going to be careful. And Giacomarca is still having a little bit of an issue with his knee so we're just going to get it checked out just to, to see what the, the actual problem is um, I don't expect anything longer term but again he'll be out as well um, so pretty much you know as is from the weekend So no uh, Giacomakis uh, back yet no Carl Starfelt uh, no uh, Tommy Rogic as he calls him and probably no worries would be what Ange Postecoglou would say to all of that Davey because it's nine games without a defeat eight wins and a draw and even the draw yeah. against Livingston would have been a win had that man Yakimakis tucked away the yeah. penalty Yeah, this is a major step up in class Rob mm. I mean, this, this is a different ball game tomorrow night and that's what concerns me about Ange Postecoglou already declaring his hand that he's going to go there and open up but he said that in just about every game anyway, hasn't no, he? Well, I would I would disagree with him then. Uh, the, the point I'm making is that managers have to be flexible. If you're up against a side, and, and Leverkusen have proved that they're a much better side than Celtic. They proved that in the first the first game between the sides. Why would you go and open up again? Mm. Why, why, why? Why would you not have a different game plan? Go and try and play. He should be working this week, for me, on shape and trying to play on the counter-attack. He's got great pace up front. Celtic are made to play on the counter. Um, if, if he set them up that way mm. and I'll tell you what if he goes and opens up tomorrow night uh, and Celtic lose by 2-3-4 again um, I, I'd struggle to make a case for him I really would They've made progress though haven't they Celtic since that in, in Leverkusen yeah, game in Scotland, yeah, listen, yeah. from midfield forward they're terrific yeah. no prob- they're, they're brilliant they'll give anyone problems Are they not more solid defensively since then as well or is it difficult to judge because of the quality of the opponent Well I mean you know, people were talking about the clean sheet, the clean sheets against Motherwell, and Motherwell never had a shot on target. Mm. 
Now, a lot of people are saying that's because Celtic were better defensively. Was it or was it because Motherwell were so poor? I, I think it's hard to to make an, an assessment, you know, when when you're playing domestically. You go into Europe, that's where you get the truth. That's where you find out how good you are. Do you see progress at Celtic, Barry, from a defensive point of view? I still think they're vulnerable, Rob. I think going forward, there's no doubt in my mind and probably the vast majority of people that they'll create chances, they'll score goals. I still think um, they're liable to be ship goals. I go back to the, the league game um, against Dundee. I think it was two cross balls and they conceded two goals. Um, I know... They won 4-2, um, but that, that's that's still a concern for, for Celtic fans and it must be a concern for the, the manager. Eddie is talking about that last uh, Leverkusen game, 4-0 at Celtic Park. As I said before, we showed some really positive things in that game against a very good team and, and we were you know, we were unsettled at the time. I think, you know, Kyogo was his first game back after being a month out and, and Cal had been out for three or four weeks since his first game back and we're still very unsettled, but at the same time, we also... You know, found out pretty brutally that um, mistakes get punished, and and that was as much the main focus coming out of that game. We we always back ourselves that we can make an impact on any opponent, and that's the kind of team we want to be spot on. But at the same time, we don't want to be a team that 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 you know, particularly here at home, would 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 make mistakes to get punished like that. So yeah, there was lessons on both sides, and and for us, you know, we'll take the game to them tomorrow. I expect us to to cause them some problems, but. We've just got to make sure that we're on it for the whole 90 minutes. Well, there you go, Davey. He's taking the game to, to Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, the, the first game was an interesting one at Celtic Park because, yeah, it finished 4-0. Celtic had big chances, mm-hmm. didn't they? They started really well. And the Leverkusen goalkeeper had the game of his life, didn't he? He yeah, made some fabulous. tremendous saves. Yeah, so I, I, again, I've no problem with Celtic from midfield forward. They'll, they'll give the best of them Pro- problems. They're very creative. They've got good pace. But if you open up against a, a better side, and Leverkusen are clearly a better side, then I think you deserve anything you get. And it, it just astonishes me that he's already declared his hand, saying we're going to go there and, uh, and have a go. Um, I, I don't, I don't get him at times, and I know that so he's, he's almost a cult figure among the Celtic fans, Ange Postecoglou, because he, he, he was dealt such a poor hand of cards when he came into Glasgow that you know I, I think compared to other managers, he's he's getting an easy ride. That could change very quickly. Um, that you know that that's that's the nature of things in this city. Yeah, it, you know Celtic are on a good run domestically. I'm I'm still not convinced about them at the back. What what I would say is that from from being in a position where I thought they had no chance of winning this title, I, I think there's a decent chance of them winning it now. Rangers are on the slide already. Rangers, I don't think have any headroom in the next uh, transfer window. Celtic do, and I think this window could get could get Celtic right back into this title race. Well, the bookies' odds have certainly changed. Um, I think the latest, when I looked yesterday, it was Rangers are still odds on, but Celtic are about six to five now. So there's actually not much between them. That's that's the way the bookies see it. And and the, the, do you see a shift in the yeah. in the, ba- in the balance? Well, the, the first the first warning sign for Rangers was the twenty three and a half million pounds um, deficit on the balance sheet. That doesn't give them. I mean. You would imagine Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would want certain guarantees before he took the job, but I, I can't see him being allowed to come in and spend 10, 15, 20 million pounds. Not unless two or three are going the other way. Whereas Celtic, I think, financially, are still in decent nick. They've still got the Frimpong money, Ayer, Edward, Christie. Uh, I know they bought a few, but I think Celtic are still in a position where they can go and add two or three. That might just make all the difference. 
Giovanni Van Bronckhorst must have asked those questions, Barry, uh, before I, accepting the job. I, I'd be shocked if Gio hasn't asked the question, am I allowed to go and strengthen this Rangers team? Because you listen to the interviews, he's had them watched, he's watched them a number of occasions. Um, he had his presser today, he's going to make some changes to the team in terms of, is that going to be personnel or, or system? But he wanted to bring in his own guys, one or two players, and I don't think he would have took the job, Rob, if he wasn't guaranteed that. Now, I know David mentioned £23.5 million is a big loss. Are they going to say, right, do you know what, we're going to go for it and try and get that jackpot of the £40 million quid at the end of the season? Um, but I can't see Gio taking the job and no being allowed to bring in at least one or two of his own players. And then you wonder whether there will be sales in January yeah. as well. But I think if the right numbers come in, Rob, they will sell players. There's no doubt about it. I think you've seen Ross Wilson um, speak the other day when Gio was doing his presser that bids have come in for players but they've not matched Rangers' valuations. I think their valuations maybe slightly come down a bit because you're going to be six months further on and if they're met, I think Rangers will do business. Is change needed at Rangers? Does that squad need shaking up? I think it up? needs massive changes, Rob, but you know what, like... Managers want their own players in. Um, I don't think he needs to come in and make wholesale changes. I still think there's very good players there, albeit it was very disappointing on Sunday. I don't think it's wholesale changes. I think Gio will look at it and think he want to add his own touch to that and his own players to that. But I don't think it needs to be four, five and six players. I would reckon two or three maximum. What's baffling about that Rangers team, Davey, is when you look at the the play. Th those are the players who won that title by twenty five points yeah. last season and produced some great European performances as well. The the two draws with which should have been wins against Benfica, who are a Champions League team. What's happened? Uh, I think they climbed Mount Everest last season, and they don't fancy trying to do it again. I think something has gone from within the group. The the motivation. And I can understand it because I said really early in the season, I said Stephen Gerrard won't get the same from these players again this season. He squeezed everything from them last season. They played so far above themselves. He was never going to get it again. And I think that's why Stephen Gerrard, before he left, just before he left, said, you know, we've got to bring in some quality to, to, to lift it. If we want to get to the next level, we need quality. It's not just numbers now. They've got to bring in a couple of players that would really stimulate the rest of that dressing room. They, they haven't done it. It'd be interesting to see if they if they find the money to do it in the window. Um, I mean, if Douglas Park is willing to to just throw money at it, who knows? Um, they, they might be able to bring in a couple, but you know there comes a point where you you have to stop throwing money at it. And I, you know, I think the Rangers when the Rangers balance sheet became public, a lot of clubs will will try and lowball them for for players. They're not mm. going to come in and offer top dollar. They know no. Rangers need money. So it'll be Barry saying that they won't sell unless they get what they consider to be the right offer. I think that'll be difficult because clubs coming offering for Rangers players now will lowball Rangers. Yeah, and the pro the problem is when you look at the likes of Morelos and Kent, uh, their values must have dropped in recent times, Barry. Yeah, I, I still think Kent will have a high valuation, Rob. I know he was he was quiet on Sunday and he's been out with a hamstring injury and never had the best starts to the season, but he's still a quality player. Morelos, on the other hand, I've been a, a big backer in terms of Morelos, but I watched that game on Sunday and I was taken aback. Um, if he wants to get a move, you need to produce performances on the pitch. 
and he's not doing it just now. Could he be dropped? I mean, is he, you know, when you listen to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you know him well, obviously. Mm. He talks about being strict as a coach. He talks about discipline. How's he going to take to Alfredo Morales? Well, could, could he could he be one that's made, could he be one of those changes potentially tomorrow well, night? The Dutch mentality. I, I'll go away back with Dick Advocat come in. It wasn't about ability and whatever. You had to play if you wanted to play in Dick Advocat's team. You had to be able to get about the pitch and run. Forget about ability and how you can pass the ball and control the ball. Now that's the problem that you need to go to Morelos and he, he needs to get something out of him. For me, he's still Rangers' best striker without a doubt. But he needs to get back to that. Even if he wants to get away and go to a bigger league, that's fine. Everybody's got ambitions, but you need to produce to get well, that well, move. What do you think Rangers would get from now, realistically, Barry? What, what do you think the number is that Rangers would accept for Morelos? Maybe I, I'm looking eight million quid. Yeah, round about that. That's about half what they were yep. offered at one time, wasn't it? Yep, I, I'm not sure. What I think it was round about twelve million quid, right. uh, quid or thirteen million pound. I think it was. Was it Porto? Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong there. Yeah. I think it was Lille. Lille were interested at one yeah. stage as well. Yeah. yeah, but on top for him, he has a yeah. fifteen million pound striker. Yeah, but he's not producing that not, for him. Not producing. You need to get him enough. back to that because he looks doesn't look happy either. So the way things are moving at the moment, Davey, could the unthinkable happen this season? The, what would have been unthinkable at the start of the season when Ange Postecoglou came in and it appeared to be shambles at Celtic, yeah. and and finally they they they'd not got Eddie Howe, but they had got their their second choice, if indeed he was second choice. Could, the way things are shaping now, the way things are changing at the moment, could he land a title, the title in his first season yeah, in charge, could. incredibly? Absolutely he could. I'm convinced he could now. Much, I think, will depend on what happens in the window. That will be key. Um, I still think Celtic have, you know, problems at the back. Um, I watched uh, Josip Juranovic play for Croatia um, against Russia when Croatia got through to, to Qatar, playing him as a right-back, he is a different player. Um, and I know Anthony Ralston has done well, but I think Juranovic at right-back would be a, a better option there. Um, Centre-backs, I think Carter Vickers will, will do in Scotland. I'm not convinced about Starfield. Stephen Welsh, I'm not totally convinced, is, is ready for playing every week at, at a really high level. But I think if Celtic can sort the problems out at the back, and I hope Postecoglou recognises the problems. I know he's talking players up in public, but I hope he recognises Celtic aren't right at the back. If Celtic can, can sort themselves out at the back uh, and add one or two in the window, then they are right back in this. And I'm, I'm not convinced Rangers are going to get any better. And if Celtic are in Barry with a serious chance at the title, that would tell you something, wouldn't it? Tell you something pretty dramatic about how Rangers have fallen from their standards of last season. Yeah, but I, I says I think this title is going to go down to the wire. Um, but I go back to the, the hunger thing with, with Rangers players. See what it meant to so many people last season during the COVID lockdown. That's They, they need to go back and think of that yeah. in May, what it felt like. You want more of that. That's their first trophy. Apart from Stephen Davis and Alan McGregor who have won previous trophies, that's a lot of that squad's first trophy or first medal. You get that first medal, you want the second one, you want the third one, you want the fourth one. That's what this squad need to start thinking about. Could be an incredible season unfolding before our very ears and eyes. Uh, Celtic against Rangers for that title. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Glasgow's on Go Radio, the football show on a Wednesday, 24 hours away from those massive matches in the Europa League, of course. Champions League last night and uh, tonight Manchester United got a win last night with Michael Carrick in temporary charge. That was always going to happen and uh, Christian Ronaldo scored. That was always going to happen as well, I suppose. Tonight's game, some crackers. Uh, Bruges against Leipzig. Uh, Jack Hendry should be involved in that one. Man City against PSG as well in Group A. Atletico Madrid against AC Milan. Liverpool play Porto. Uh, Besiktas against Ajax already underway. Sporting against Borussia Dortmund also in Group C. Uh, Group D in the San Siro. Inter Milan nil. Shakhtar nil. That's just a a minute old. The early game's getting underway uh, later on for Sheriff Tiraspol against Real Madrid. And there is a Premiership match, of course, tonight. Hibs in action ahead of their nine games coming up in December there in Dingwall tonight to play Ross County off the back of their win against Rangers at the weekend. Rangers looking to bounce back tomorrow night against Sparta Prague. Let's try and make ourselves a little bit more knowledgeable about the the threat of uh, Sparta Prague. Rangers have lost to them already. And we're going to speak to Jan Vacek, um, one of the top football journalists in the Czech Republic. I'm going to give you the big build-up, Jan. How are you? Hi. Good to, How are you doing, guys? Good, thank you. Good to have you on the show, Jan. Um, obviously, Rangers uh, had a disastrous result by their standards at the weekend, but then uh, I think the same goes for Sparta Prague, doesn't it? Yes, it was one of the worst, worst games from Sparta in about maybe 10 years. They got absolutely humiliated by Slovatsko, which is a relatively small club in Czech Republic with uh, small ambitions, definitely, that Sparta. And 4-0 result is, is absolutely terrible and devastating for the club. And it wasn't as if uh, they left out a lot of their big players. I mean, they, they didn't make big changes for the game, did they? No, no, no. They were in, they, they, they put at the full squad the, the best players they possibly have, but it, it clearly wasn't enough. But uh, it was terrible in all phases of the game. Defense, offense, it, it was a really, uh, ter- ter- terrible game. Very good, terrible game from Sparta. And what implications do you think that has, Jan, for tomorrow night uh, at Ibrox? What are you expecting from Sparta Prague and how are they feeling about themselves going into this one? Yeah, uh, they definitely would like to take all three points, but uh, realistically, I think the draw maybe will be something like win for Sparta because uh, they are in some regress in performance last last month and it escalated last last weekend at the Slovakovs. So I don't think so that Sparta is in very good shape. It was about two or three days between the games and uh, I will... I don't know, but I don't expect Sparta will be some, some maybe maybe a little bit decent and waiting for what Rangers brings on the pitch. And, I mean, obviously a, a win for Sparta Prague tomorrow night, if, if Bronby were to lose, would mean that uh, Sparta are through to the, the knockout stages of the competition. But do you think they might come for a point? Do you think they might be happy just to, to take a point away from Ibrox and, and at least be better off than Rangers in the head-to-head? Yes, I think they will be definitely pleased with some point, and they can hope for for Leon in the in the next next game to to take the Rangers down, and Sparta can win and Bromby at home, and they will be in the second place and go through the Europa League for for the 
another stage, but uh, it will be tough for Sparta to take at least one point, I think. I don't believe in Sparta too much in, in tomorrow's game. What was the reaction in Prague, Jan, to Rangers' result at the weekend? Was there a lot of surprise about that one? Yeah, it was a little bit surprised, but it's, it's I, from what I heard from Coach Robert at the press conference, it's a little bit difficult to, to read what the Rangers are like now because the coach changed, Giovanni Frank Brauhorst, we don't know him too much, which, which is specific as the coach. So I think uh, it will be a little bit tougher for Sparta to prepare for tomorrow's game because they actually don't know too much about uh, which kind of Rangers team will be tomorrow in the game. No, I guess everyone, uh, like over here as well, I mean, remembers uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, the player, um, the fact that he was, yes, a, he, was a, he was, apart from Rangers, he was Arsenal and, and Barcelona as well. He was a Champions League winner with Barcelona. So he's got that sort of pedigree about him. Um, and would the expectation be uh, for Sparta Prague that he has a, a big impact in the Rangers dressing room for tomorrow? Yeah, of course. One one thing is the coach, and the second one for me is the fans. It will be very tough for Sparta to to compete at the full full Ibrox Stadium because uh, historically Sparta has has a lot of problems at this at this type of games, this this type of atmosphere. They were on Trabzonspor or Sevenazos Dabrehat, and they they screw all the games. So I think that. Maybe the atmosphere, the fans, because Sparta have a lot of young, young, unexperienced players. It could be maybe the more trouble for, for the club or just the uh, coaching change. I think the fans can be the difference tomorrow. So what are you thinking, Jan? What, what's your prediction scoreline for tomorrow night? Uh, seriously, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't be surprised if it scores about three 0 for Rangers. Maybe three one, ah. maybe four one, because. Sparta conceded nine goals in the last three games, and it's definitely too much. And there are some some large problems in 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 defense, and I, I I don't think so. Maybe Sparta can score some goals because Adam Pozek is is excellent, of course. But uh, my worries are in in the defense of Sparta, and and if Rangers can put the pressure from from the Sparta from the first minute, it could be a very very long night for Chekhov. Good to have you on the show. Good talking to you, Jan. All the best. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. That's Jan Vacek, uh, a Prague uh, football journalist, um, predicting 3-0 Rangers by tomorrow night. Well, certainly Sparta are known great form. They've shipped nine goals in, in three games. Um, hopefully the Rangers players are listening to that mm. and the managers listening to that. Get on the front foot and attack them. Um, defensively, they're, they're struggling. So are Rangers <laughs> at this moment in time as well. But listen, it's a great opportunity for, for Rangers um, to get back to winning form again and, and get the, the fans back inside I'm sure the atmosphere will be absolutely electric mm. like it always is but I know myself the first 10-15 min- minutes at Ibrooks you've got to start well the fans will get behind you as long as you get that first goal settles them down <laughs> if you lose the first goal <laughs> if you lose the first goal they're on your back but that's listen you've got to deal with these situations yeah um, and that's the uh, and that's, it's not nice at times I've had to deal with a lot of the, a lot in my career um, but that's part and parcel of playing with the old firm um, but the main thing for Rangers is they get at them for the first minute and as um, Jan just said there that Sparta are really suspect defensively so Rangers have got to be looking at getting an early goal and I think if they get an early goal it will settle them down and they can go on and win the game convincingly. What would you do with the team, Barry? That's a good question. Um, you would need to obviously see how they're, how they're looking after that tough defeat because, listen, Monday they would have woke up and 
I, I don't get that players don't listen to <laughs> radios or don't listen to media don't read the media I always done it mm. um, for me I try to use it when you get criticised in a positive way to go and show them that you are a good player and that's what this this group need to do because listen they've got a lot of angry fans frustrated fans and they need to go and put a performance on tomorrow night I thought they would have got it on Sunday if I'm being honest with you with the manager the new manager sitting in the stand mm. that obviously didn't happen so I'm sure he's had a few words with him this week I'm sure training yesterday and the day leading up to the game has got to be bang on the button good tempo to it and if that's the case Rangers have got good enough players to win the game Is there a case for Davies just saying to the eleven? who didn't get the job done on Sunday, out you go, sort it. I, I don't think he's got too many options. I mean, if you look at Rangers' bench on, on Sunday, no disrespect to the boys who were on the bench, but there, there wasn't a game-changer there. The, the one name that you would think tomorrow night, Roof, I don't know whether he's... he's I don't he know if he's, he was injured, Davey, on Sunday, yeah. so I don't, I'm not sure if he's back. I, I think if Roof was fit, he would certainly come back into the team. I think of the front three, he would probably play with Morelos and Roof and one other. Um, You've got to play with Kent, haven't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because no matter how quiet Kent is, he's, he's a bit like Morelis. He'll do something when yeah. least expected. But I, I do think I do think Rangers need a Rangers need a, a transfusion of a bit of quality into that dressing room. Otherwise, I think their season is only going to go one way. Looking for a big result tomorrow night: Giovanni van Bronckhorst and Rangers against Sparta Prague, and it's Leverkusen against Celtic in Germany. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof. Ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davy Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Yeah, feel free to join the football conversation because there is plenty to talk about on the back of Rangers uh, losing in the League Cup semi-final. 3-1, beaten by Hibs. There goes the chance of that trophy, at least. Rangers now concentrating on tomorrow night and a response uh, in a first match in the technical area for Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Can Rangers get the result they're looking for against Sparta Prague? And that will be after uh, Celtic have played in Germany against uh, Bayer Leverkusen. It was 4-0 uh, for the Germans in the first game. So what is Ange thinking about the challenge facing Celtic tomorrow? Yeah, good challenge. Um, good side. Um, you know, they've sort of picked up their form in the league and going well. And, and you know, we, we obviously played against them already. And, you know, the quality of side we're facing, I think, for all intents and purposes, they're a Champions League team. Um, and... Super challenge for us uh, away from home. Um, obviously, also consequences on the result. So, you know, we just got to go there prepared to um, face a good opponent. You know, I still believe we can take the game to them, but there's going to be moments where, you know, we're, we're just going to make sure our concentration levels are, are 
you know, at, at the highest possible level because they will punish you. So he's been talking today and Giovanni van Bronckhorst has been talking as well about the challenge facing Rangers as they look to respond to that uh, League Cup disappointment at the weekend. Disappointment is putting it mildly. Is he going to sort out that defence which shipped three goals at the weekend? We weren't happy with the results. Also not happy with... Uh... The goals we conceded, those three goals. So we have to uh, make sure we are defensively much more uh, focused, much more compact. You know, for me, defending part of the of the game, it's uh, it's for everyone. So uh, you know, we train technically the last days to uh, to make sure we are well, well prepared for for Prague tomorrow. First thing you want to do, uh, not only in Europe but in every game, is to be uh, defensively solid, to keep the zero and and try to win the game by by scoring goals. So. That's the, the main objective tomorrow, to uh, to defend really well and to make sure we keep the zero. His old teammate is here, Barry Ferguson. Davy Proven is here. Rob McLean is here, I think, is the last time I looked. And we've got Jordan with us as well, a Rangers fan. Hi, Jordan. How are we doing? Can you all hear me all right? Yeah. We can, yeah. Hearing you loud yeah. and clear. What are you thinking, Jordan? Um, just before the break, you were saying uh, about um, what changes Giovanni should make. Mm. Um, tomorrow and um, I was just to basically say I think the first change you should be making should be Goldson um, I was talking to one of my friends today um, and after what Conor Goldson says I think he forgets that he played against Braga um, with two goals down and then he comes out with a stupid comment like that I think that's, probably, that's one of the changes that should be made for tomorrow and see what you think on that Well you're not the first Rangers caller on the show to say exactly that um, earlier on um, we had Derek saying that he doesn't think uh, Conor Goldson, Barry should wear the shirt again. Yeah, I, I don't know if Rangers have got enough um, cut. If you're going to leave Conor Goldson out, that only leaves Balligan and Bassey mm-hmm. that can play um, there. I, I don't know if that's strong enough, Jordan, if I'm being honest with you. Um, if Holanda was was fit, I mean, for me, Holanda is Rangers' best central defender in terms of, for me, strong defensively. He's a, he's a proper, loves defending getting blocks in, winning headers. Um, I don't know and I don't I, I don't think Connor Golston will get left out. I think he'll play tomorrow because yeah. I don't think there's enough hit, in there, Connor. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, when you hit out with such a, a comment like that, yeah, I know, Jordan, for your uh, vice captain, I think there's got to be a punishment, especially, yeah. well, that's what the fans would think anyway. Look, Jordan, I know all the Rangers fans are angry about it. Look, we were all angry about it watching it. Um, but I just don't think Rangers have got the personnel in that department to make the changes because we need to win the game tomorrow Rangers Rangers need to win that game tomorrow Would you accept Jordan that he's got a job to do tomorrow night because Rangers aren't exactly well off for central defenders as Barry says no Hillander uh, do you go with Balogun and Bassey? 100% that's what I would do um, 100% I just think it's, it's so stupid to say it and I think he wants it to go now so if that's the case, then let him go out the door because when you have a statement like that, it's, it's unforgivable, really, especially when you play for a club the size of Rangers, I think, anyway. It's going to be interesting, David, to see if he does play tomorrow night, Conor Goldson, what sort of reaction he gets I, from I, the, the I crack. think he will play. Uh, yeah. I've no doubt in my mind that Van Bronckhorst will pick him. Uh, he'll have been told how his... He'll know how his remarks have gone down within the Rangers support. Mm. And if anything, that would surely make him more determined to, to turn in at a, a display tomorrow night. Um, the, on, the only way... The only reason you drop Conor Golson is if you have someone who is as good, if not better, to bring in. And I'm not convinced Rangers have. I know he's not been playing particularly well this season. But uh, a game like this, I think he'll be one of the first names in the team sheet.
Barry, I was going to ask you, I meant to ask you earlier on, what, what, do you, what would be the upshot of that Conor Goldson interview? I mean, Alan McGregor was trying to tell us that nobody knows what's going on in terms of media interviews, but, you know, everybody knew what Conor Goldson said after the match. What would be the reaction of his teammates to that? What, what one? To Conor Goldson's Yeah, the, the hunger after, or well, the, the game well, is over well, at well, half-time. Well, well, I would both. have questioned both of the comments. Yeah. I would have questioned both of the comments. He was also struggle. critical of, of, of his teammates as well, wasn't he? Yep. I mean, you know. yep. Um, listen, you, first and foremost, I'm a big believer, look at your own performance and look how you deal with things. But I, I believe that things like that should be left in the, the four walls of the dressing room. If you feel that people ain't pulling their weight, Look at the mighty eye and, and tell them. There'd be a serious Barney about that, wouldn't yeah, there? Listen, there's no doubt there would have been a Barney. Certainly with the squads and the teams that I played in, um, there would have been a Barney. But if they felt that somebody wasn't pulling their weight or doing their, their job for the team, then that would have got said at half-time or after the game inside the dressing room and the dressing room, uh, dressing room doors shut. I, I was involved in so many. Mm -hmm. So many. I, I think it's a healthy thing in terms of... Let your frustrations out. Let people know that you're not happy with it. Um, but who'd be leading the way there, Barry? James Tavernier? Would, would you be? I would like to think that the captain is. I know what Alan McGregor's like. Greg's in the dressing room. Um, he, he's very vocal. He's you see him on the pitch. Um, Steve Davis, I, I would imagine as well. D Devil was pretty. Um, he was a quieter one, but you would listen to Steve Davis because of what he's done in the game. Steve Davis, a brilliant football player, he's the experience he's got. Um, so I would imagine there'd be a, uh, there would have been an inquest, there would have been some of the guy, well, no, some of them, there would have been a, a team meeting and saying, listen, right, I need more for A, B, C, and D. That's me obviously talking about players. We don't know the players that uh, Golson was talking about. I mean, David, David was talking there about. James Tavernier leading the way in, in some sort of uh, dressing room post-mortem, if you like, um, as to what had happened. But um, were you surprised, Jordan, that he didn't lead the way in terms of doing that after-match interview? He's the captain. No, really, because there wasn't really... They were all the exact same. But that's what I was going to say uh, and ask about all of you if you think Giovanni is going to be the one to get that attitude right. Because the attitude... I don't think you could say there's been one right attitude for a number of weeks now, so... Do we think that Giovanni is going to be that manager that's going to be the strict manager that Rangers need right now to kickstart us again for the rest of the season? Well, well he, he has he has says that he, he says it in the media in his press conference, Jordan. Yeah. That if the yeah, attitude, no. if somebody's got a, a bad attitude, or they ain't willing to, to work for the team, they won't be in his team, and that's him laying down the gauntlet straight away, and that's what you've got to do as a manager. Um, look, I, I can only go away. Knowing Gio as a player, he, he was pretty quiet in the dressing room. Listen, he's, he's a manager now, he, he might be totally different. But I don't think he'll accept bad attitudes or people no willing to work hard for the, the Rangers team because I, I think if it's, if it's going to be an issue, they won't be in his team. No doubt about it. Jordan, here he is today. Let's listen to, to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst talking about his demands for his players. You know, I have a certain way of working, certain things I expect from my players and, and, and want. I think Gerard worked in a certain way, I work in a certain way, but, you know, I demand that, that we are playing as a team and we do everything we can if it's defending or, or attacking. So, you know, we, we need to be uh, prepared. You know, we have our tasks. 
The players have their task on the pitch. They know. You know, we talked a lot about it the last couple of days. So now then we need to execute that tomorrow and uh, and make sure uh, we are ready for uh, for Prague. He speaks well, Barry, doesn't he? He's a polished he does, performer. But, but what's what's he going to be like in the in the dressing room? We're we're talking about like um, having a desire and a hunger. See, for me, you shouldn't be asking players that. That should be a given. I don't know if Davy agrees with me. That you should have that within yourself to go out and work hard. Yeah. The manager shouldn't need to be asking people that. But maybe he's talking off the back of Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we, we, we've seen it with our own eyes. He, he clearly wasn't wasn't happy. But listen, Gio's an intelligent guy. He was a fantastic football player. He's got the experience of a manager. Uh, Davey asked me off off air um, what was he like. He was pretty within himself. He was quiet. He kept himself himself. But listen, he might be different as a manager. But one thing about him, he'll have standards. And you'll need to meet their standards. And his reputation's on the line, Davy. Yeah, of course. It is. I think the first thing he has to do, and if, if Celtic's collapse last season taught us anything, it's that if you have three or four who want out the club, you're better letting them out of the club. Because otherwise it festers. And the, the, the worry for Rangers might be that there are maybe two or three who want away. I mean, Morelos has already say, said he wants to play in a, a bigger league, although he's going the wrong way about it. Um, Goldson's future is still up in the air he doesn't look totally committed Barisic after the old firm game went over to the fans it was almost a, a goodbye he was mm-hmm. saying he, he, I'm pretty sure Barisic thought he was out of the club and I don't think you can afford to have too many who are not totally committed you know for the longer term uh, and you know Celtic's collapse last season I think proved that What do you think Jordan is it, is it needing change in the dressing room is it needing a change of personnel uh, 100% um, and like obviously Barry uh, I think it was Barry that said that obviously I don't think, I don't think we can afford to, to leave him out the squad tomorrow I would bring Katic back in a heartbeat because he's, he's hungry for it um, I think the players that want out the door listen everybody the Rangers fans are still hurting the fact, the fact that Gerrard's away but if they want to go then can let him go because there's no person bigger than the Rangers football club In terms of Katic, uh, Katic I don't think you can bring him back until the 1st of January Jordan um, yeah. I know it's a season long loan but there's clauses in that and I think he, there is a clause that he can come back in, in January 1st but you can't break that the first obviously six months here How taken aback were you Jordan by by that performance on Sunday? Oh it was, it was hard to watch it's just hard to watch I, I think we could have watched Rangers for an extra half an hour and they still wouldn't have scored just the, the changes that were getting made and just the way the players are running into brick walls, really, and they're not going anywhere. So something really needs to really needs to change, really. So hopefully we get the result tomorrow, and hopefully we bounce back. Are you worried about how the season's panning out with with Celtic making some progress? No. It seems and Rangers going in the other direction. No, I wouldn't say panic because I was I was sitting one of my friends the other day. Um, you probably remember last year it took Rangers to get beat by St Mirren to actually change the way they were playing and really kick on so hopefully obviously I'm gutted about the cup but um, hopefully that's what Rangers need a new manager that losing that, that semi-final and hopefully they'll, they'll kick on for here Is there a staleness about Rangers this season Barry that might be that might need this change of manager? Yeah I, I think when you're on top it's always good to bring in a, a couple of players that, of good quality when they walk through that dressing room door you know what I mean to try and mm. improve the, the, the team but look I, I wouldn't be as worried I agree with Jordan look one really bad performance I think the thing that's frustrating people is it was a chance to get to, to Hamden 19th of December 
to play Celtic in a cup final. I think that's a frustra uh, frustration. They've not won a, a League Cup or Scottish Cup for over 10 years. That's a frustration. But they're still four points top of the league. They're still in Europe. And you need to see a proper performance tomorrow night from this Rangers team. How important to you, Jordan, is, is tomorrow night? Well, 100%. Obviously, I would love to, to focus on winning the league. Um, but at the end of the day, Europe is it's important to Rangers and hopefully we can just get the result because the, the performances in Europe haven't been the best either. But hopefully, for the change of manager and stuff like that, that will give them the kick up the backside that they need. And Europe will matter, David, to Giovanni van Bronckhorst because of where yeah. he's come from, what he's achieved as a player uh, in European yeah. football as well. Although accepting the fact that the big prize this season is to win the Premiership. Absolutely. The caller who was on earlier, I think I, I agree Derek, with him entirely. Yeah, yeah that, that the, the league is, is the be-all and end-all this season. The old firm clubs aren't going to win the Europa League, so they, they should be concentrating more on the, the domestic scene. I don't see Rangers improving unless they make changes in personnel. This group, I think, had reached their height last season. I think Steven Gerrard timed his exit perfectly because I don't think Rangers have been at it all season. I don't think there's any one game where you would say, oh, that's the Rangers team of last season. That's the team that only lost 13 goals last season. The team that won the league by 25 points. They've been a poor imitation this season. And unle they unless, they get, unless they get new players in, uh, I don't see how Van Bronckhorst can, can improve them markedly. Do you think Steven Gerrard was looking for a way out? Well, obviously, he, he was going to end up back in England. It was a case of getting the right offer, and I think Villa was the right offer at the right time. Huge club with great potential, who were only going to go one way. So, I, you know, I, I think he's fortunate in that he got the right offer at the right time. But had Steven Gerrard stayed, I think he'd have struggled this season to get any more out of this, this group of players. Rob, that's not an excuse, but we, we obviously the, the performance and getting out of the cup on Sunday that the manager's left. No. That, that, that shouldn't be an excuse. I know maybe some people might use it as an excuse, but it shouldn't be an excuse. You're still playing with Rangers. You're still in a semi-final at Hamden with a chance to get to the final. you still got to go and, and, and put a performance. If you don't play well, find a way to get through to the final. So I'm not buying that it's an excuse because the Rangers manager's left. A week or so ago, a lot of them maybe had a, a tight relationship with him. I get that. They'll be disappointed, but they've still got to be professional and win a game. But what you saw on the team sheet and what you saw on the pitch were two completely different yeah. things. I, I still think they're really good players at Rangers. I just hope it was an off day. Jordan, what else would you do apart from leaving out Conor Goldson tomorrow night? Would you? What other changes would you make for Rangers? Them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, um, that's just the main one off the top of my head that I can think of, really. Would I mean, you would, would you start with Alfredo Morelos? Would you would you play Morelos? I, I would play Morelos because you know we've said it before. He's, he goes hot and cold. He, he's a main striker. He will come good again. Everybody that's saying they want him out the door. It's it's crazy. I think because he will bring goals. But Morelos is one of those strikers that you, you need his presence. If he, if Morelos can have a bad game and he'll and he'll still cause trouble. So. I would, I would, I would, um, I'd still keep him in there, yeah. Yeah, he's got a great history, hasn't he? You've scoring big goals for Rangers, uh, and especially in the European competitions as well. Jordan, good to have you on the show. Good to hear from you. Thanks again. All the best. Yeah, bye bye. Jordan, looking ahead to uh, Rangers against Sparta Prague at Ibrox tomorrow night, eight o'clock kickoff. It is earlier. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen against Celtic. That's a five forty-five start. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Oh, if only, you, if only you'd been listening in. We were just reminiscing uh, over European occasions gone by and a couple of big occasions uh, for Rangers and Celtic coming up, of course, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Rangers against Sparta Prague, 8 o'clock Ibrox in Germany. Celtic against Bayer Leverkusen, who, of course, uh, beat them 4-0 at Celtic Park. More to come from Ange Postacoglu. More to come from Giovanni van Bronckhorst as well. Both had their media conferences today. There's been a lot of talk, of course, off the back of that shock for Rangers at the weekend. It was a shock for Rangers. It was a massive uh, boost for Hibs, who'd lost their last four, then played for three and a half weeks. Uh, Jack Ross and his team into the League Cup final. <laughs> On last night's show, we were uh, we were uh, reading out some of the quotes attributed to Jack Ross. Not happy, uh, but uh, sum it up. He was complaining about lots of things, including the allocation of tickets, 17,500 uh, tickets for Hibs at Hamden for the final, Davy, but they were looking for a, a half-and-half yeah. split. Well, I mean, I think providing Hibs could sell half the stadium, and I'll, there's no doubt they could, mm. they should get half the tickets. Uh, I don't know how to work out whether it's the number of season ticket holders a club has or their average attendances. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but I think, it, I think a 50-50 split would lend itself to the cup final. It would make it a better spectacle. It would make it fairer for Hibs. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I don't understand why they've been shortchanged to. I mean, it just should be that way, shouldn't it? Because, I mean, Hibs have been used to getting to semi-finals and finals of late, but there are clubs that it's the it's the highlight of their decade or century even to getting to a final and you want them to have a good turnout of fans. Yeah, but I agree. I think it should be a 50-50 split. Give them a, a time frame and, and say to them, listen... Yeah, if you don't sell them, say say they only sell Rob seventeen and a half thousand, twenty thousand, then Celtic can get the the yeah. rest because I'm sure the Celtic Celtic supporters would snap them up in a in a second. So, but I think Hibs have got to have the opportunity to have the twenty five thousand for their fans because it's a brilliant occasion. These clubs don't always get to cup finals. They they didn't do much to help their case. At the weekend, though, because it was a poor hip support. Yeah, it was only five. I know or Jack 6, was 000. talking about ten thousand. Didn't think look it was, like that, did it? No, no. I think it was a pretty poor turnout from the Hibs fans. But they'll they'll sell fifty percent of the tickets for the cup final, probably twice over if they had to. Here's a bit of advice: Don't ask Ange Postecoglou about ticket allocation. No, you're not going to ask me about tickets allocation. We're playing Leverkusen in a big game tomorrow night. Don't waste the opportunity. I have no desire or any inkling to get involved in ticket allocation. That's not my brief. Um, you know, let's, I'll, I'll let you pass on that. I'll, I'll give you a freebie. Give me another question. I wonder what the next question was. It wasn't about ticket allocation. That is a certainty. Um, but they're on a great run of form Celtic. They got the job done. St. Johnston resisted for a long time at Hamden, Davy in the semi-final before James Forrest uh, got the goal that uh, keeps up this great run for Celtic, great run of results. Yeah, and I, I think it's significant James Forrest got the goal because, um, you know, he's back fit now. Um, and, you know, he's fit at a time where Leila Bada has gone off, mm -hmm. off the boil, made a really good start, the youngster, um, but has faded and James Forrest has timed his comeback perfectly. He, you know, providing he can stay fit, and that's a big if, it will be a huge player for Celtic in what's left of this season. 
It's going to be a busy December, isn't it, for both Celtic and Hibs? They've got nine games uh, coming up next month, Barry. Yep, and in terms of Celtic against St Johnson on Saturday, Rob, that, that was the difference between Celtic and Rangers. Celtic weren't great, but they found a way to win the game, mm. um, and Rangers didn't. Uh, but in terms of a lot of football, certainly for Hibs, Hibs obviously playing tonight. Um, there's a lot of football to be played until the, the, the winter break, I think the last game's in the 2nd of January. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I think you're Is that right. right. So yeah. there's there's a lot of football, but see as a footballer, I would rather play games than train. Absolutely. 100%. I would rather play three games a week than be on the training ground all week and, and do, just playing Saturday to Saturday. I like three games a week. And especially when you're hips because you've lost quite a few games for COVID reasons. So actually they, they can look forward to climbing and back up that league table. Yeah, they'll be desperate to play because they've, they've missed so much football obviously with the COVID situation mm. and plus with the, the performance. A lot of people are going about how poor Rangers were but you've got to give Hibs credit. I thought Hibs were really good in, in Saturday, mm. certainly in the first half. Second half, they sat back a wee bit but Rangers couldn't get through them. So as a Hibs player, they'll be desperate to, to play games. Do you share my disappointment, Davy, that Martin Boyle is an Australian international yeah. and, not, and not part of the Scotland squad? Well, Alec McLeish was going to call him up and, and he got injured. Um, that, that's the history of it and Australia got in first. And also, you know, in the domestic scene, you, you wonder why, you know, both old firm clubs could have gone for 500 grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you telling me he wouldn't, he wouldn't improve either side? He's, He's improved so much, Davy, oh, over yeah. the last two or three years. So Martin much Boyle. more direct. Yep. And playing through the middle obviously before he played out in the flank um, but through the middle he's a, he's a danger um, we obviously he's electric pace but he's funny I thought his first goal we took, he took it well because you could snap mm. at that but his second finish was, was really good I know a lot of people say Alan McGregor could have done better but great run should he have finish. saved it? Yes. I, I think, if, I think yes. if you ask Griggs he'll be disappointed with it no doubt with the, the, the standards that he sets but a hat-trick in a semi-final is is something special. I mean, you were talking earlier, Barry, about the, the number of semi-finals that you played in and probably the bulk of them weren't pretty. You're not going to remember them as wonderful exhibitions of football, but that's not what they're all about. And that, and, that, and I think that's what angers you, isn't it, about, about that Rangers performance. You might not be firing on all cylinders on, on Sunday. Just get the job done. Yep, Rob, probably two-thirds of the semi-finals that I played in I personally never played at the level that I wanted and neither did the team. Um, but we got to the final. And I always say to the guys after the dressing room, ah, we weren't great today, but you know the most important thing is we won and we get through into the final. See, when the final comes, people don't look back on the performance in the semi-final, they look back on the result in the semi-final. Mm. And that's the thing that frustrated me. Um, and I'm sure, hopefully the, the, the players will, will look at it that way in the future. What sort of record did you have, Davy, in semi-finals? Pretty good, I think. Um, well, I think I played in three Scottish Cup finals, so there was three semi-finals, a one and mm-hmm. two League Cup finals. So I think we lost. I remember losing to Dundee United uh, after a replay at Hamden, but I think I think the record was was pretty good. But they're horrible games. Semi-finals are horrible games. Mm-hmm. Barry's right. It's the performance is incidental. You just want to get get through, and this is this is what I think Postecoglou will have to understand eventually. He's at a club now where winning is everything. You you won't be forgiven in the long term, you know, for being a pretty footballing side. It's not about artistic impression. It's about winning. Simple as that. And if you don't win it, the the, the two the, the two old firm clubs, you won't last. But they're going in the right direction, aren't they? Yeah, they, yeah of course they are. Uh, and uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not forgetting 
that he was really disadvantaged by the lateness of his appointment, mm. the squad he inherited, no director of football, no head of recruitment. I understand that he's been behind the eight ball. I just worry about this philosophy he has that there's only one way to play the game. But that can hold, that could be changed in January, couldn't it? That, that it's going to be interesting to see what Celtic do in the transfer market in well, January. I think the personnel will change, but I, I'm not convinced that he'll change his... his, his I, I think if he was playing against PSG tomorrow, he would set the team up to, to have a go and be open. David, do you think he'll get big money to spend in January? I think he'll get money. Um, I, I don't think anybody would get big money out of the Celtic board, Barry, to be honest with you, even if the money was there. Celtic, Celtic do not like to spend money. There, there is money there, though, and if... You know, you're talking about, you know, Rangers Rangers directors gambled last season on backing Steven Gerrard as much as they could. If the Celtic directors would go that extra mile, I think, in this window, I think the title's there for Celtic. But I, I'm not convinced with this board. I'm interested to, to hear what you think about Nier Beaton, uh, Davy, and whether he eases your worries slightly in terms of protection for Celtic defensively now that he's been playing in the midfield with with Tom Rogic out of it. This was the, the manager talking about the Israeli midfield midfielder oblique defender today. I think Nero is a, he's a very, very intelligent footballer. He's an experienced player. He's captains his country. Um, you know, I know he's played at the back predominantly uh, in recent years, but, you know, he has the attributes and the calmness to, to, to play that role for us. And, you know, Cal can play further up um, in that shape. So he'll be important. But, you know, the, the key about tomorrow night is that there's not one individual that's going to change the game for us. Um, we need all of our players, uh, the ones who are starting and the ones who are coming off the bench, to put in a massive effort if we're going to achieve something because um, it's not going to be an individual battle that's going to win us the, the contest tomorrow. Does he make you feel any happier defensively? Yeah, yeah I, I love Beton. And I know a lot of the Celtic fans don't want him, don't, don't, don't rate him. I, I think he's a proper footballer. He also gives Celtic the option of, you know, if, if they want to make a change... Um, he can play in two positions. You know, he could step back and play at the back. Tomorrow night, I would hope that he and Callum McGregor would be told to protect the centre-backs, stay goal side for most of the game. Don't go chasing it. Don't empty the midfield. The two of them, I hope McGregor is told to play more defensively tomorrow. That pair, when the full-backs are caught up the pitch, and they will be at times, the two of them can get out into the wide area uh, if they have to. Um, but predominantly... He needs to play two holding players tomorrow. I, I find that, I mean, I, I know where Davy's coming for uh, Beaton. Some Celtic fans don't rate him. I think he's a really good football player. He's got a real calmness about him. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I know he, he plays in a back three for, for Israel, but central midfield, just in front of the two centre-backs, he can handle the ball. He takes the ball in tight situations. He's a good size as well for a, a central midfielder. I think he's a very good player. Is it about getting a respectable result, do you think, tomorrow night, Davy? Is it fantasy to think about, think of Celtic getting something out of that game? No, I don't think it is. Um, you know, I, I think Celtic going forward, they, Celtic will make chances tomorrow night. And if, you know, if they take them with a better ratio than the first game, mm -hmm. then Celtic can score uh, tomorrow night, no problem. It's, it's just how open they are in doing that and how often they leave themselves exposed to the counter-attack. Because even... Latterly under Neil Lennon, you know Celtic were caught with the old rope a dope trick continually, where teams picking them off on the counter because they were too open. And I, I just like to see Celtic be more compact, a little bit more defensive minded, particularly against a, a team of Leverkusen's uh, quality. 
Here he is talking about the group situation, Ange Postacoglu, um, but stressing, of course, that Celtic have to look after their own business. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all you, all you can do. I mean, what, what the last two results have given us is that the, the the ability to control our own dis- destiny. Not that that's easy, because obviously, like I said, we're, we're playing um, you know, a very difficult opponent tomorrow night, but we don't have to worry about the other result at the moment. Um, you know, we can look at that, the permutations and combinations after the game, depending on how our game's gone. But right now, you, you can't afford to think about anything but the fact that you're playing against a really good side. And, and that's where our focus is, irrespective of how it shapes up in the group. You've got to go out there expecting a, a massive, massive uh, challenge tomorrow. And and like I said, hopefully we go in there looking to measure ourselves against the best. And um, and that's what I'll be looking at. For Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, he's off and running with a European night for his first game in the technical area. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, you know the first game back in the stadium. You know, of course, it will bring many memories uh, of my time uh, when I was a player. You know, very, very good memories, you know, so it's, I can't wait to feel the atmosphere again in, in the stadium. But, you know, I, I'm old enough to uh, separate my emotions into the focus I need to uh, to perform uh, with the team. So, uh, you know, beforehand it will be quite a mixed feelings. But, you know, once the whistle goes uh, from the referee, you know, I will be fully focused on my task and to that's to guide my team into, into victory. It's going to be a noisy place tomorrow night um, at Ibrox, Barry. Do you think the first five or ten minutes will tell you everything about how that game's going to go? Yep, and I would be absolute shocked if, if Gio... It's a very short team meeting. Obviously, the Tuesday and today would have been more tactical. Short team meeting tomorrow, um, just go at them. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be on the front foot for the word go. It'll be interesting to see if he makes some changes um, in terms of different players coming in or what he does tactically but the most important thing for Gio is he needs to go off to a, a winning start and you heard Jan um, mm. the guy for the Czech Republic saying that Sparta mm-hmm. are struggling at this moment in time so it's a brilliant opportunity for him to go off to a winning start It's an interesting one isn't it with both teams coming off pretty horrendous results uh, Sparta Davy beaten 4-0 at the weekend yeah. uh, which was a shocker for them and of course we all know what happened to Rangers at Hamden Well I mean I think you've got to listen to Jan you know, predicting, what was that, 3-0? 3-0, he said, Three, yeah. 3-0 for Rangers? Yeah. I think that tell, tells you everything about Sparta's current form. Lost heavily at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I think Rangers are getting them at the right time. <coughs> right time, excuse me. But I think what Rangers have to avoid tomorrow night is losing the first goal because the mood in the ground will change very quickly. Um, James Tavernier's already alluded to players finding it hard at times to, to play at Ibrox when the crowd are on their back. So it's an eye Rangers would bite the hand off you to, to get an early goal. Craig Moore and Mark Greedy with uh, Paul on the show tomorrow night. And of course, uh, when they get, go on air, it will just be 45 minutes away from kickoff in Germany by Leverkusen against Celtic. It's followed by Rangers against Sparta Prague. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Cheers, Chris. Thanks for that uh, traffic and travel update. Uh, Tomorrow night, well, at this time, uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be well into Bayer Leverkusen against Celtic. 
with uh, Rangers against Sparta Prague to follow. That's a, an eight o'clock kickoff. Uh, Ibrox football tonight, of course, in the Premiership. Uh, one of uh, quite a few rearranged games for Hibs, who could certainly be climbing up the table um, if they can get uh, maximum points on the board. But I think, Davey, you're feeding a little bit for Hibs on the back of that semi-final euphoria in Dingwall tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think there might be an element of after the Lord Mayor's show, it would be typical of Hibs or Hearts, for that matter, to get the big result against the old firm and then lose the next one when they're expected to win. That's what the Edinburgh clubs do, Rob. You've probably noticed over the years. <laughs> I have indeed. Um, Kevin Nisbet looked back to his best Barry yeah. of the weekend, didn't he? Yep, I was very impressed with him. He's, he's had a hard time in terms of start to the, the league season. His form's been off a bit, Rob. That's probably down to a bit of personal problems. Um, but listen, he looked back to his best, Kevin Nisbet. And I think Kevin Nisbet on form's a really good striker. Uh, a, a brilliant story getting let go by Partick Thistle three mm. years ago uh, going to Wraith Rovers in League One getting the move to Dunfermline in the Championship and that was his first season in the Premier League last mm. year and he was excellent uh, but he's had a wee bit of dip in form but he looked back to his best in, in Sunday against Rangers I think he scored 18 goals maybe last season uh, and of course he's opened mm. his camp for Scotland as well he seems a good lad with a good attitude as well Davey is, it's a great story uh, as Barry says about where he's come from and there will be clubs watching him I mean he, he has, his form has dipped a bit but but he certainly came back at the weekend well I mean I, I said earlier on in, in the season I was amazed that Celtic didn't buy him I, I, I don't think it would have burst the bank to get him no um and I think playing for Celtic, he's going to get more chances. He's already proved that he can do it in our league. So I, I, I don't think it would have been a, a big risk. I think you'd have got him for, what would you got Kevin Nisbet for from, from Hibs? Two and a half, three? If that. Would, yeah. You yeah, wouldn't need to that. pay much more. No. Um, and I think you would have got a terrific goals return from him. I, I don't think that's a gamble or a risk. Um, as David says, he's not no, no disrespect to, to Hibs, but he's coming and playing me a better quality player. He's going. He's going to get more opportunities to to score goals. Um, but it's just just happy to see him back in, in some sort of form. Yeah. He certainly looked. He looked right up for it on Sunday. Um, thought he held the ball in really well. Mm. Worked really hard. Him and Boyle have got a real good partnership going. Um, but listen, he's he's got all the attributes, Kevin Nisbet. And Celtic did pay four and a half, five million for a goalkeeper who sank without trace. So and a yeti, five million pound. Yeah, a yeti. Yeah. So in, in, in that sort of context, two two point three million to Hibs would not have been a yeah. I mean, I go back to what we're outlay. talking about Martin Boyle. You know why? Why, why did Celtic yeah. or Rangers not take a, yeah. a punt? Five hundred grand they could have got Martin Boyle. Mm. Now five hundred grand, it's it's you know it's it's, it's a win win. If if he doesn't do it, so what? And well, yeah, look what he's become. And what about John Suter? You took your words out of my mouth, Rob. Um, we spoke about it last week, me and Davey. Y you've got to go for it. I think that's an absolute snap. What would, he, what would he cost? Because his contract is 500 up, grand or something about yeah. John Suter because he's, he's up at the end of the season. Look, he's had a horrendous time um, with injuries two years um, with the Achilles um, injury. Horrible, horrible, horrible injury but great to see him back and Playing week in, week out, Rob, he's, he's a top player. Mm -hmm. I think John Suter in the making. Um, he's missed a couple of years, as I says, through that horrific injury. Um, you get any sympathy for Hearts at all, Barry? You know, yep, yep, they, it's they, a strange they, one, isn't it? They, they've obviously looked after yeah. him, got the right surgeon to do the, the surgery on him, looked after him properly with the, with the rehab. 
Um, I do have sympathy for for um, Hearts. Does he go and sign a year's extension and maybe they let him go in the summer and they get a, a million and a half for him? I, I, I don't know, but if he's available for £500,000, mm. if I'm Rangers or Celtic, I'm going yeah. to get him in January the 1st. But if you're John Suter and you've had that injury record and you're 25... Yeah, and you've got an the, agent nipping this, in your ear as well. You, you don't, I get, you I get don't, it, Rob. I get, you I get don't, it. If you're John Suter, you don't know if you're going to play to 35 yeah. because of what's happened to him. Look, look, so, look at, so this is this is the big deal for him, isn't look, it? Look at, look at John Kennedy. One tackle is all it takes. Mm. And given John Suter's injury record, um, who knows what his future is going to be. So I, I get it. Short career, you've got to make as much money as you can. But I do feel for Hearts given the way they mm. stuck by him, you know, through operation after operation, rehab after rehab, paying him good money every week. I guess that's the nature of the business, but it's a sore one for Hearts if they lose him for 500 grand. But if he is available, Davey, 500 grand. Oh, it's a snip, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, but he's going to, it's going to be about wages then, isn't it? It's going to be about who weighs him in on wages and, and in the English Championship, which seems to be the popular choice at the moment as to where seems he will go, Davey. Yeah, and I, I think the English, some of the, the teams in the English Championship could blow the old firm right out of the water. Mm. In fact, I know they I know mm. they can when it comes to wages. Apparently, the boy's got an affection for Rangers. That might make a difference. But money talks. And if you're the agent, you're you're trying to get the, the best deal both for the mm. player and yourself that you can. And he's looking for financial security, isn't he? Yep, and also, he's a full international now. Mm. I, I thought he was he was excellent against Denmark. Obviously, get his goal. Mm. Um, but it looked to me if he'd played 15, 20 games for Scotland. Um, so much more powerful, eh? I've always liked him, Rob. That was the only thing. Before he got his, his serious Achilles injury, was he physical enough to be a centre-half? I wasn't sure. He was always a really good football player. But as you just said there, obviously been out and doing the rehab. He's bulked up. He looks physically strong now, and as I say, he, he, he can he can pass the ball, he can defend. I really like him. His value probably went up in the process of that ninety minutes. To be honest, not not because of his goal, but the, but the way he defended, he was up against yeah. a big striker, and and he was you know the the ball was like a magnet to to his head. He just kept on he kept on clearing it. Uh, let's in the last few minutes of the show uh, focus again on the big matches uh, coming away tomorrow evening. And of course, um, his first match in the technical area as Rangers manager will trigger European memories for Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Well, a couple, you know, of course, I think the, um, the Parma game we had, you know, a qualification for the Champions League was a very, you know, good, uh, good experience. Of course, uh, we qualified for the group stages against the Parma team full of, you know, international stars. I think it was, uh, for me, one of the best nights I had with, uh, with Rangers. And of course, you know, playing against the likes of Bayern Munich, uh, Monaco, which also, you know, we want to have. At that time, we could compete with, um, with the top clubs. So that was good for us uh, as uh, as players, but also good as a team. And of course, yeah, always good memories um, in Europe. And it'll be triggering memories there for you, Barry, as well. Yeah, it was um, great memories, great night, great night after the game as well. We celebrated, <laughs> uh, had a had a few beers. Um, and that team he's talking about, the Parma team, you'd Buffon in goals, you'd Hernan Crespo, Dino Baggio, Dino Baggio, central midfield. Um, they had um, they were littered. Turam. Mm. Yep, Turam as well. Because um, ah, they, they were piling a lot of money into Ortega. their team at that stage. Remember they? the boy Ortega, the yeah. Argentinian, yeah. number 10? Um, yeah, they were they were a brilliant team. That was a brilliant night, brilliant performance. And as as, um, as Gio says, hopefully the atmosphere is like that tomorrow at Ibrox because that night against Parliament was absolute electric. 
isn't it, along with the players? Well, as you said, you know, it's a very uh, short time. Two days when I train with, uh, with the players. But I think they can already uh, sense the, the things, how, uh, what I want to change. And I think what, what needs to be needed to, to become successful again. Not only, you know, on the pitch, but also the way we, the way we behave as a, as a team. And, and, and the way we have to uh, be prepared also mentally, that in that way, you know, you cannot do everything in, in two days. I need more time, but, you know, step by step, you know, I'm, I'm sure the players will uh, understand the way I work and also the way I want to play. This change of attitude, Davy, is important as anything when he talks about change there. It's very interesting to see what reaction he gets tomorrow night, Rob, whether he gets the bounce that new managers sometimes get, you know, whether, whether the players really sit up and feel they want to go out and do it for him. He's had very little time with him. Very little time to do any video or tactical analysis either. So, uh, I mean, I, I I just couldn't call how Rangers will play tomorrow night. I mean, he's a four-three-three man, isn't he? What, that, what 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 could what could he do tactically to to change it, Barry? You... Well, that's the way that he was brought up. That's the the Dutch way of playing. He played that as a, a player um, at Rangers, Arsenal, and and Barcelona, um, and he played that way as a manager at, at Feyenoord. Mm. Um, so. It's pretty similar. Look, these Rangers players are used to playing a certain way. Rangers obviously play 4-3-3. He might obviously put his um, own mark on the team. I don't think he's... Two days is not a, a lot of time, Rob. Um, forget about tactics. It's about a reaction. Mm. That's what these Rangers players need. You can go on about tactics and what way you're going to play. These Rangers players need to show a reaction to the, the 50,000 that are going to be inside Ibrox tomorrow and the, the new manager. We need that every every game. You have to have that to uh, to achieve something, to win games. You know, it's a home game, a special game in Europe. Great nights at, at Ibrox in Europe, and of course with the support of the fans who are in the stadium. It will. Uh, we have to create an atmosphere and environment which we can can play well and uh, win win the game. You were really angry, weren't you, off the back of that resultant performance at the weekend? And you would expect every player. Uh, to share that feeling and 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 that can have a big impact if you're wanting to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game in the house, Rob, and I'm thinking back to last season, the quarterfinals, both against St Merlin and St Johnson going out of the League Cup and the, the Scottish Cup, and I'm thinking, right, they're in a semi-final, you're at Hamden this time, one game away, knowing that your, your fiercest rivals have reached the final. That's the games you want to play in as a footballer. And I just felt, as I said, it's nothing about tactics and the way that how players that ability wise what they've got I just felt Hibs wanted it more and that's what really disappointed me so what are we thinking then Davey um, tomorrow night uh, Celtic yeah, when firstly I, when, when I said Rob that I have no idea you know how Rangers will play tomorrow night I, I wasn't talking about the shape of the team I was talking about whether he'll get a reaction or yeah, not that no. would be the interesting thing sure. I would think Rangers can win the game uh, Jan your journalist uh, colleague Tip Rangers to win 3-0. That, for me, tells us that they're in a poor place. Rangers at home should win the game. Celtic, um, I, I wouldn't expect Celtic to win the game, but if they go there and put in a performance, uh, even if they were to lose narrowly, uh, I don't think it would be any, any big disaster for them. And it will be an interesting measure, Barry, about how far Celtic have come. Have they improved, you know, defensively? Can they cope with a, a Bayer Leverkusen team that, that ran riot at Celtic Park? Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're going to create a chance here, Celtic. Mm. Certainly, middle to front, as we've spoke about in the programme. Um, there's, it's clear that Celtic have got a lot of ability and they'll, they'll cause teams problems. But if they open up, 
buy a Leverkusen. I think to buy a Leverkusen. I know they've had a, um, they've not had a brilliant start to the season, but for me, they're a Champions League team. Buy a Leverkusen. So if Celtic go over there and get a point, I think it's that would be a brilliant result. But the way that Ange is, is going to go and play openly, Leverkusen have got the, the the quality to hurt them. And Rangers, they've got to win. Plain and simple, they've got to win the game. They've got to show a reaction to the manager and the 50,000 that are going to be inside Ibrox tomorrow. And do you expect your old pal Gio to get that response? Yeah, I wasn't too sure until what David just mentioned there, a man from the Czech Republic, Jan, mm. um, saying that he fully expects Rangers to win 3-0. Um, Sparta are in a, a poor runny form, lost nine goals in, in three games, so for me, Rangers win the game. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Davey. We're back tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Davey Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.